Hi guys, it's me, Ursula Carlson. You're about to listen to this podcast, aren't you? I just know you are. Now, I've just announced a brand new tour and you can get tickets for that tour right now. Like you can get the tickets right now at lifenation.com.au or go through ursulacarlson.com. Go get your tickets right now. Listener Production. Hey, it's producer Nat here and welcome to the best of episodes for 2023, where we recap all the best bits from season four of That's Enough Already. Now, given the nature of this podcast and the amount of comedians who have popped in for a chat, Ursula noticed a recurring theme with the guests this season and it all begins with one question. What was the strangest thing to happen on stage? That's quite enough. Just shut your mouth. I don't give a stuff. To say that some of these stories are a little unbelievable is an understatement. So in this episode, we're recapping all the weird, wacky and wonderful things that have happened to Ursula's guests while on stage. And to kick it all off, the story of the legendary Tony Martin, his gig and a canoe. Do you remember any other, because you started comedy in New Zealand, right? I started doing sketch comedy, but there wasn't really any live comedy at that time. There's no stand-up comedy at all. I remember one night we went so bad. I think this is as badly as you can go. We're getting no laughs. We're in some sort of rugby club in Tupuki, I think it was. And we hear a noise and we see something coming towards the stage. What happened was members of the audience were so unhappy with the show, they went out to the foyer and they got a giant Maori canoe that was in the foyer and they charged the stage with it and just heaved it up onto the stage. And I remember thinking, wow. if, if the audience... You got wakad if, if they're throwing <laughs> boats at you, that's a thumbs down. Wow, yeah, that's a that's a definite nah nah get out. <laughs> so take this walker and fuck off. <laughs> that's right. We had no boats to hurl back at them. This next story is from fellow comedian Daniel Connell, who got himself into some shitty situations while on stage. And when I say shitty, I mean it literally. Take a listen. Have you ever had anything really weird happen in the room while your show was going on? Uh, I've had a man shit himself. Oh. In, yeah. Oh. I've had a man yeah. shit his pants. And you, you noticed while you were on stage or you found out afterwards? It was at a bar. You would have done Spleen Bar in the Melbourne in the city before. Have you done Spleen oh. Monday night? No. It's a Monday night regular. It's been going forever. And uh, I just I was, I was hosting and he was in the front row and he fell asleep. <gasps> and right, I was setting up a joke and the room was quiet and he you, he made the sounds of oh, no. a person shitting themselves. Yeah. Oh, no. And he proceeded to carry on and everybody just lost their mind, obviously, and we had to yeah. stop the show and... The barman. Did he wake up at this point or he sleeps? Kind of, kind of, yeah. And they sort of got him up. He was all floppy and sleeping. They walked him out to. This is why you have to be nice to bar staff. And then that man actually, he moved to Canberra uh, and now he just shits in doorways around the city of Melbourne. uh, I thought you were going to say, and now he's leader of the opposition. (laughs) (laughs) And then I did one in. Country New South Wales. I did yeah. a RSL Club's forty fifth anniversary. Yes, yeah. I get I get the big I get the big gigs, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just had to do fifteen minutes, two fifteen minute sets, and they bought dinner out during one of the sets, and they bought dessert out during the second one, and I was just cranky, and it just wasn't going well. Average age was probably seventy five as well. And then the highlight, 
I turned, like I felt just flashing lights behind me on the stage and I turned around to see they were rotating through photos of all the members of the club who had passed away in the previous no. 12 months. No. During my no. set. How is that? <gasps> yeah, it felt targeted. And I just, yeah, so they're just going through, yeah, Ernie yeah, died. Memoriam. Yeah, Belinda died oh. and, yeah. Oh. So that was Holy probably. Holy shit. I mean, their average age by now, no one would be talking about it. At least no one would have posted about it on social media. True, true. There was no one live tweeting your set. <laughs> <laughs> true. I uh, I did a gig in We Jasper once, which is an hour out of Canberra, and we are on the back of a truck and a man started throwing sheep poo sheep. at us. Oh, wow. Just with the shovel, just flinging it at us or at me during my set. And that that was a bad kick. That was bad. That didn't go very well. Um, that sounds shit, mate. Yeah, yeah, sh- real shit. Um, okay, yeah. Th- so that would be. I reckon that they're the sort of the three that spring to mind. What, what would your? Have you got any crackers? The worst gig for me would have been in Adelaide, a corporate. I had accidentally broken my ankle that morning, and I hadn't got it wrapped up yet. Like <sighs> when I say morning, three o'clock in the morning. I didn't know. I thought I just sprained it. It was really <sighs> swollen and blue and everything. <laughs> I, I jumped on my own foot with my own, own other foot because there was a mouse on the pillow. I was reading. <laughs> I was in bed reading. I was living in the hills, in Adelaide Hills. Um, there's a lot of, you know, like snakes and mice mm. and all this shit. And she's got two cats and the one cat came in and I went, hey, buddy. And um, <laughs> he opened his mouth and I saw something run out and it was his mouth. And I, I freaked out and I got him back in bed and I started reading my book. And as I was lying on the bed with my book in my hand, I just heard. <laughs> <laughs> and I just looked to the side and that mouse was on the pillow next to my head washing its little face by <laughs> And it was so close to my ear, I could just hear that. <laughs> and then I just, I jumped out of that bed. I was screaming. The mouse ran up my arm um, and I couldn't get it, you know, sort of shaken off me. And I, I was jumping like this, up and down, up and down. And, um, yeah, I jumped on my own foot and I broke my own foot. So with that blue foot, I went and I got on stage. I'd never done a corporate before. This is like my first year of doing a solo. They were eating. It was very fancy and my comedy isn't really for fancy people. I'm more, (laughs) you know, a bogan. And then, um, yeah, this lady just put her hand up and said, so can you leave? And before I could say anything, someone yelled, shut the fuck up, Jane. And my name isn't Jane, so I assumed this was her. And then someone else, yeah, yeah, fuck up, Jane. And I just went, oh, I guess shut the fuck up, Jane. And then she sat down and she, um, the guy that booked me, uh, Raul, was in the back of the room. And I said to him, um, what do I do? <laughs> just on the mic, I didn't know. And he goes, it's your gig, mate. If you want to tell her to fuck off, tell her to fuck off. So I go, um, fuck off, Jane. <laughs> I think he gave me $800 cash in hand per night. I'd tell yeah. Jane to fuck off for $800 a night. Yeah. Do, you know, do you know what Jane's doing now, by the way? No, no idea. No, I know no. she's no longer the weather girl. I think they told her <laughs> to fuck off. <laughs> While we're on the theme of shitty situations, let's keep the ball rolling. This next highlight is actually a story from Ursula that she shares with her good friend, Cassie Roma. Safe to say, after hearing this story of Ursula's heroic actions, she would definitely be that friend that would hold your hair over the toilet bowl after a night out because that's nothing compared to what she dealt with during one of her shows. I was doing a gig in Christchurch right after the earthquakes, right? 
And I did this gig in um, at the university there. This lady came in. I say lady very loosely. Uh, and she was there with two guys, and they're sitting in the back. The, the show is called Long Flight to Freedom. It's about me moving to New Zealand and a ripoff of Nelson Mandela's book. Anyway, so in the show, I talk about Nelson Mandela about 40 minutes in, and I say, you know, if Nelson Mandela lived in America today, he would probably be on death row uh, as a terrorist, mm-hmm. you know, being just being held... Um, because one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter, you know, so I sort of talk about that. And I see about 40 people get up and leave in the back of the room. And, you know, when you're talking to a bunch of people, as you would have had, yeah. uh, you yeah. just know when there's, like, your brain just goes, don't address it, just leave it be. I just didn't address oh, it. Elephant. Yeah. And then mm. uh, they left. After I did the show, I walked through the middle of the venue and I see, like, the venue staff had some mops and stuff, which is also never ask. Don't ask, don't tell. So I go through the venue and everyone had left and I said to the, it's all clear now, the seats were taken out. And I go, what happened here? And it just hit me, the shit, the smell, you know, that warm <gasps> diarrhea smell. And I'm like, oh, oh, my God. And the venue manager goes, yeah, someone mm. shattered herself and there's a pair of, Jandals, mm. thongs, flip-flops, plockies, wherever in the world you're listening to, those shoes that you poke your toes through. And there's a pair of those under the seat oh. uh, where the seat would have been oh. and they hadn't moved oh. those yet. And um, oh. I later found out it's the, a crime scene. the owner of those shoes, his name was Matt, oh. and he was sitting behind <laughs> the uh, offending asshole. <laughs> And because they were sitting on those bunning seat, he had put his legs, you know, stretched out, put his feet under the seat in front, and she shat right through the seat onto his oh. feet. Oh. And he just oh. sent me a message, and he goes, you owe me a pair of jandals. Um, <laughs> anyway, so they had to get in, that like, a hazmat team, clean out everything because it's human waste. And then when we left, locked up the venue, and I could hear whimpering from the bushes. And it's her. <gasps> She's still there. The two guys had just left her there because she's full of shit. She couldn't get a taxi because she's full of shit. This is pre-Uber. She's just there in the bushes. So I say to the venue manager, I go, we go back in, I get some of those black sacks. I put it in the car. I put her in the car. I take her phone. I get her mum's number. I phone her. I go, I'm bringing your daughter. Get the address. I drive out there. I get her out of the car. I take the sacks and I give it to her mum. And I go, this is what happened. And her mum looks at her and she goes, not again. <laughs> now the fuck is the first time you shit yourself in public, not your rock bottom? How the fuck are we dealing with a not again situation? <laughs> <laughs> this next story comes from Ursula's good friend, Will Anderson. This episode was so good, we had to give it to you in two parts. But you can go back and listen to them later. For now, you need to hear this hilarious snippet of a series of very unfortunate events that happened while Will was on stage. Pro tip, always know your co-hosts. So I was doing a corporate show and it was a huge uh, fundraising benefit for a really good cause. So it was one of those nights where it wasn't just a comedy night. It was like they had a range of speakers. So some of them were inspirational speakers. Some of them were motivational speakers. There was like a finance guy. There was a sports guy. Yeah, yeah. And then like I was doing some comedy as well. 
The guy before me, who came on before me, he was a guy in a wheelchair who competed for Australia at the Olympics, but he'd also climbed Mount Everest. And so he was telling this incredible story of like being this dude who's in a wheelchair, but was also able to climb Mount Everest. So he was going to be tough to follow at the best of times to come on and go, hey, so I grew up on a dairy farm. How are you guys going? (laughs) (laughs) I'm a richest to richest story. How's it going in here? So here's what happens. This guy makes this incredible speech. Like, honestly, it's it's brilliant. Like, it's it's obviously his thing yeah. that he takes to all these corporates. So it's, you know, the whole thing's been done a million times. It has this Polished. perfect crescendo. Like, the entire audience give him a standing ovation, which I honestly thought was bad taste <laughs> to a guy in a wheelchair. I felt, <laughs> felt like giving the respect to stay in your seats, you know. <laughs> like... <laughs> Don't rub it in. This guy you know is the just... rules. Put your chair forward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. So um, because this stage has been um, like brought into this room, it's not like a venue that is geared, geared to accessibility. Instead of having like a ramp for this dude to like come up, they have one of those like, you know, like mm. lifts like those mechanical lifts so that he just rolls into it and then it just lowers him down the back. But it's got like a safety light and a little small beep that I guess it has to have for whatever reasons, <laughs> right? And so the MC of the night like thinks that this guy's gone so well that he might as well keep the night rolling and get me out there to do my stand-up comedy. Now, like at the best of times, I would have liked a couple of minutes of resetting the room for me to come out and do my thing after that. But in this particular instance, it would have been even more uh, uh, you know, helpful to me because I had to do the first five minutes of my set while this hero <laughs> who just had everyone enthralled with his hero story of getting up Mount Everest is being lowered slowly down behind me with this like beep and this flashing light while I'm trying to be like, so politics, what's going on with John Howard and stuff? You know when you're wanking into a sock, beep, beep. <laughs> And I'm like, if I can made it up Everest by himself, yeah. he could probably get down off the stage without this. He doesn't need this. He's a hero. No, I didn't. You I wish sure? I'd had the courage. I, have, <laughs> I, I 100% would have Get him a rope, let him He'll be fine. It's like a metre and a half. <laughs> That's like that's disrespectful to this guy. This is just a stage. Yeah, patronizing him. Like, leave him be. Yeah. He can sort it out. I honestly thought that story was going to go um, because it was just a drop in stage and there was no safety or anything. He rolled off stage and he fell off. That's where I thought that was going to go. So, oh, I, I mean, was, that would have been a that would have been a blessing <laughs> compared to what actually happened. <laughs> oh my god. The tales from the stage continue with probably one of the most unique stories we had this season. Comedian Kirsty Wiebeck's encounter with beanbags, a bow and arrow, and some very inebriated audience members. This is a hear it to believe it situation. What is the craziest shit that has ever happened to you on stage? I went through this era a few years back where I kept getting booked to do bush doofs. What the hell is a bush doof? Yeah, I was about to say, do you know what they are? They're like is those at a waxing like clinic huge. as they're taking the bush <laughs> off, you're doing... <laughs> this is bush doof. I'm doing doof. a type five. Bush doof. <laughs> <laughs> they're like massive raves out in the middle of nowhere. Oh. Huge. Like Rainbow Serpent is, is yeah. a very famous one. And um, there was this guy in Melbourne booking them and um, 
you know, I was starting to come up and I was just taking like whatever kind of gigs I could get to, you know, get more experience. And so I went through this weird period. It was like Dave O'Neill, Bob Franklin and I were just out in the bush amongst all these ravers like off their pickles doing stand-up. Yeah. And um, I was doing a one-hour show at 1 o'clock in the morning to a bunch of people who were absolutely high as kites on beanbags, like the worst conditions for stand-up. And I'm up there and I'm just pushing on and it's hard and I'm tired. And this dude, like, bursts through the back of the tent and he's barely wearing anything. He's, like, in a costume and he's got some little, like, grass skirt on and then nothing up top. And he's got a bow and arrow. And he's just holding this bow and arrow and, like, pointing it at me. Oh, my God. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, dude, like, what are you doing? And he's just holding it and I, like, I'm ages away and, I, and I'm like, is that thing real? Like, what? And I'm like, mate, can you put the bow and arrow down, please? And then all these people who are high as kites on these beanbags, like, they're all off their faces on MDMA. They slowly all start turning around to look at him and then they're going, hey, man, don't shoot her, bro. Hey, don't shoot her, bro. <laughs> and it was just this chorus of, like, hundreds of people going, hey, man, make love, not war, don't oh shoot her, bro. <laughs> like, hive kites. No one actually getting up to, like, try and fix yeah. it or anything. Uh. And I, it felt like it went for 10 minutes, but it probably was only, like, 30 seconds. Yeah. And then he just, like, disappeared back through the flap in this tent <laughs> and then I just carried on doing the show. How many years ago was this? I reckon five or six years ago. Okay, so let's look at this. Let's look at this. You met Al five years ago, just over five years ago. That was fucking Cupid, bro. Cupid came in. <laughs> <laughs> now that you mention it, one of the arrows <laughs> did hit me right in the heart. Yeah, it was Cupid. <laughs> was he a fat guy? <laughs> Like a baby, a fat baby. <laughs> when you say nothing up top, do you mean fat baby? Yeah, he was a he was a tiny but chubby baby, and he was sort of hovering above That's the a- ground. <laughs> you were high too. I think you're right. And he had like curly blonde hair. I was high as a kite. You're right. It was Cupid. Oh my God, I was on MDMA. <laughs> I was on a beanbag. <laughs> everyone, everyone else was sober. I was the one on MDMA. Oh my God, I'm so glad I brought this up because you pieced it all together for me. Look, I mean, it all pans <laughs> out. The timing, the guy, the bone arrow, 100%. the, you know, half naked. It's all, uh, that's it. It's the only reasonable explanation. And that's enough already. Until next week. Thanks so much for joining me as we recap all the best bits from the podcast this season. And it only gets better from here. So we'll see you all next week for more hilarious highlights. See you then. Thanks for listening to this episode of That's Enough Already, hosted by me, Ursula Carlson, and produced by Natalie Turner. Supervising producer was Nick McClure, and special thanks to Ella Leaf and Big Sutherland. Couldn't do it without you, gals. If you like this podcast, remember to subscribe, share it with all of your friends, tell your mum, tell your sister. Don't tell that annoying brother of yours, you know. But definitely share it with a friend. 